We're taking a little bit break of the podcast, but we will be active in Patreon. So if you haven't signed up for Patreon, um, you will be missing out. Um, we hope to see you over there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Melanated Fate. We are super excited to be with you all today. And guess what? This is our absolute last episode of the season. And so we are so excited that we get to talk with you all today about voting. This has been an incredible ride for us. Let us just say, don't worry, we will be back. We'll have some bonus episodes, but we are wrapping up season two. So um, I think you might know this, but Catherine is like our resident expert, I would like to say in all things faithful political engagement. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, what that looks like, some of our own um, thoughts and hopes and all of those things. So one of the first things that I want to ask you, Catherine, is how have you been preparing for this time, like mentally, spiritually, like what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think just a lot of, um, well, one, I'll say prayer um, and then just like reading scripture and just like reminding myself of truth. But then I also mentally just like have to turn it off. Like I will not, you know, stay off social media. Like I won't watch the news. Um, I'm trying to listen through Mariah Carey's autobiography um, because I don't know if you guys know this, but before there was Beyonce, it was Mariah. So (laughs) um, I just like, you know, zen out when I can and I don't have schoolwork. Um, to Mariah Carey and her fascinating story. But yeah, it's been, I mean, I think, you know, I think being in a pandemic, like working, going to school, I'm sure you feel this too, like, and the election pressure on top of that, like you have to have some sort of, like you have to be doing soul care. Like it's critical, like you cannot not do it. How are you taking care of yourself? I think I'm trying to limit the news. I At one point, I think during the height of the pandemic, I was watching the news like a lot all the time. And um, just the past month, maybe two months now, I've had to really like taper down my news intake. So I read a lot more than I watch. And um, I just try to find ways to unplug and chill, which can be difficult. I'm not even going to lie. Work is so busy. <laughs> so it is very difficult to unplug, but I have been trying to protect my Saturdays as much as possible and to um, enjoy my my weekends off. Oh, I also would like to make this disclaimer because I forgot to. I am actually presently on the road for work. So if you happen to hear cars driving by, well, that's just where we're at right now. Just podcasting in a car. It's parked, FYI, but... That's just um, just a little note there. <laughs> you know, it was really funny that you say that. Like one of my friends, I've been stressing out. Last week was just ridiculous with school stuff. And one of my friends last week was like, you know, you just got to give yourself some grace. Like you're trying to survive in a pandemic. You're doing the best that you can. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I was like, I, you know, not as an excuse to slack off, but I just feel like, you know, it is what it is at this point. As Michelle Obama said, it is what it is. So we are getting through this the best way we can, podcasting in the car. You know, hey, we're trying to survive 2020. Yes, we are. We're trying to survive 2020. And I think that that is like all that we can do is try to give like ourselves and, you know, other people um, some extra graces we try to manage. Um Catherine, why would you say it's important for us 
to vote for those who haven't voted already? Yeah. Um. So I would say why I personally think it's important to put vote is I think that um, we are citizens of a democracy and this is our opportunity to pre- participate in like civic government. But I would say for Christians, how you think about your vote, I would say maybe it should be a little bit different, right? Like there's not any like specific Bible verse that it's like, this is the healthcare policy that Christians, all Christians should support. So you're really kind of building a framework from, you know, the command to care for the poor and to do justice and those kinds of things. And I think about voting and all of civic engagement as a way to engage justice publicly. You know, one of the things I like you know, we'll talk about all the time is like, if you care about hunger, right? Like the biggest anti-hunger policy or the biggest feeding program we have in this country is SNAP, which is, you know, or food stamps. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, if that's an issue you care about, that is the way in which we collectively feed people. And there, you know, there are all kinds of statistics and we can put them in the show notes from Bread for the World that it's not actually possible for (laughs) if every church, you know, to take on that responsibility. Um, um, that's why we pay our taxes so that. And so this is, I think of government, I think about voting as a way to love my neighbors, as a way to do justice on a wide scale publicly. Like, how can I do the most good um, for others? I don't know. How are you thinking about your vote and why we should vote? I think when I think about like why I should vote or the importance of voting, I just think of, you know, my grandparents and um, the people who've gone before me and did not have a right to vote and how they fought and pressed through and were given the opportunity like and how that was such a big deal and so I just don't think that it's something to take lightly just given the history of it and I think you know I agree with what you said about how as believers we should think about our vote I think that there's a lot of um, ignorance surrounding like what policies you know do and who they affect and so sometimes like the very people you could think you're advocating for to help them um you're actually like you're not helping them with your vote right so i think we have to have a lot um more conversations about effectiveness and what works in communities and a lot of people um haven't really worked in communities and or worked in marginalized communities to understand the nuances that exist there like so many things I was really ignorant. I mean, growing up, I just kind of like went along with the talking points that I heard. And it wasn't until I was a social worker and working with foster kids and parents and families on the margins that I I realized that everything is not as cut and dry as you think it is, right? And behind every policy is a person and a face and a name and a child. And, um, you know, just like for example, there was a, a a policy. I think it got passed. You might. I, I I had moved away from Texas by then, but it was happening um, where they were like trying to cut um, some of the Star Health benefits, which like directly affects kids in foster care. Like I, I mean, all my kids are on Star, and um, Star Health is actually really incredible for kids in foster care in terms of like the kind of services they could get. And um, for some people, it was like better than regular health care in terms of like it was a better option to put first for kids, so they could have access to so many different. Like physical therapy or occupational therapy and all kind of stuff. And so anyways, I just think that if you're not paying attention to how policies affect people, you might miss, you know, some really important and key information. And it is about loving your neighbor because um, there's things that you might vote for and decide to care about that really don't directly affect you, but they affect your neighbor. And I think that it's really important as believers for us to care about those things. 
Yeah, I think, you know, something you said, and I think also to your work, as people engage the work of like racial justice and racial reconciliation, I mean, that work should affect your vote. Like it should come into the thing that you said, right? Like it should factor into how you think about voting, who you're voting for. And, you know, I think there's a lot of focus on the presidential race, but I mean, even when it comes to like district attorney or, you know, your county sheriff or who's on city council or who's on school board, like what are the policies? I mean, if you're someone who cares about public education, right? Like you should know everybody running for school board and what are they doing to support students in your district? Um, and, and, you know, school board races are usually nonpartisan. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of ignorance. I think also, to, yeah, just educating yourself. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, because policies affect people. And yeah, to your point, you know, it was interesting too, like you mentioned Star Health. I think maybe that same session, they tried to cut the adoption subsidies. So in Texas, mm. they give families that adopt out of foster care. Yeah, they give them like a, quite a bit of subsidy. Like Yeah, to help offset the cost. And I think that same year, I think there was like a budget deficit. So they were just looking to cut money anywhere. Like they were not being strategic about it at all. And I remember, cause I think, I, I think that session I was working for an elected official, but we had a bunch of adoption parent, parent, adoptive parents that had adopted out of foster care that came and like talked about specifically how they were using the subsidy, um, to like, you know, pay for counseling or just extra, whatever their, you know, their new son or daughter needed, um, and how they would not be able to afford that. And like, yeah. they, I think oftentimes people get really cynical about politics and I will say there's a lot to be cynical about, <laughs> But, you know, I watched that hearing and with my own eyes watched these moms and dads change people's minds about that subsidy and about like, then it was all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, we don't need to get rid of this. We got to figure out how to give people more money. <laughs> um, we got to cut some other things so that we can keep this program. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, to your point, politics, policies affect people. I think who we are, your identity in Christ should be primary. And I think it can't be, your vote cannot be disconnected from the people in your community and the people that you're saying you want to serve and that God has called you to love. So how are you dealing with people that maybe you disagree with on policy or political stuff? I feel like people, I don't know, do you feel like people are talking about it more or less? I, you know, I think people are talking about it, but at this point, people are talking about it with people that agree with them. Um, So it's like not as much happening like out on the open square. Um, It could be on Facebook. I don't know, but I don't, I'm not on there like that um, to endure it. I think a lot of people aren't because everybody kind of gets over Facebook around election time. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Honestly, like if I'm being like 100% honest this is something that I really wrestled with because I think there's like some things where it's felt like are we disagreeing or are you advocating for policies and or ideologies that are harmful to people right and so I don't know like it's it's felt very different like I feel um It's kind of like, I guess I sometimes I think of disagreement as like, okay, like we might have like two different ideas on how to get to a point, like, and maybe you have one idea of how to get there and I have another idea of how to get there. But either way, we're trying to get to towards a like safe destination, right? Like we're trying to to get to one place. We just might have different routes um, about it. Um, But lately, there also feels like there's just this like added extra 
um, layer of tension these days um, that exist. And it's very, I don't know, it's just so different. It feels like it, it almost feels like everything can in some ways like, feel contentious as well. So I, yeah, I don't really know how else to like explain it. I feel like I'm like talking in circles because it's something like I'm still processing. <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right. I think there are some things you can disagree on, right? Like we can disagree on like, what's the best route to get to Atlanta, right? From Dallas. Um, but then there are some things that feel like, okay, white supremacy, white nationalism, right? Like those feel like, okay, well, we can't really disagree about that. Like, like yeah, like I, I can't disagree about like against, racial terror yeah. or racism. Like those are things that, yeah. yeah. It's like you're for it. And I mean, I think to your point, like, honestly, it's so upsetting to me that this has fallen into these like partisan talking points. Because to me, it's like, especially for Christians, if you say you're a Christian and you believe in people are created in the image of God and you believe what scripture says about us being, you know, united and being one and you believe what scripture says about justice, I should not be arguing with you about racism. Yes. <laughs> like, like that shouldn't be a source of disagreement. Um, and so I totally feel you. I think you have to think through, um, one thing I try to do is like, I think honestly, like listening to people and like not listening to like make a point, but listening to like understand what they're saying. But I also think just giving with the exception of racism and like white nationalism, because I'm not on that. <laughs> we can't disagree about that. But I think some stuff, it's just like you, like you were saying, like you, a lack of experience and exposure and lack of education. I listened to this really great um, New York Times daily podcast today where one of the women was just talking about her, kind of her own thoughts about how she came to what she believed about her politics. And basically what changed for her is she got a job teaching at a... Um, a school where it was like 100% free and reduced lunch. And it challenged all of the paradigms and all the things that she had been taught her entire life. And the thing that I think, you know, there are lots of people that are proximate to people and it doesn't change anything. Like they've made up their minds and that's what, you know, that's the way it is. Um, but I do think, you know, it's important to be proximate and it's important to know your community, but it's also open. You have to be open to listening yeah. and hearing from people. And it can't be just people who always think and reinforce every ideology, every thought you have. And there has to be some wrestling. Like you should read diversely. Like you should talk to people who don't agree with you. You should listen to them. You should, you know, and then it's just like a process of discernment. But I just, I feel like, you know, we if people can never challenge what you think, what you think your partisanship, your idea about healthcare is an idol. Like if people can't say, well, like, have you thought about this? And you're like, I don't want to think about that. That thing is not relevant to me or my life, my, my preferred talking point. Um, I would say one, you're making it really hard to live in Christian community. And two, like really evaluate, like, why is it that you can't take on new right. information. Um, cause I would say if you can't take on new information, then maybe why you think the way you think is your belief isn't yeah. really that strong. <laughs> um, if you can't hear from someone to say like, Hey, you know, have you thought about this without freaking out and, you know, trying to dominate the conversation, which I'm sure you're laughing, but let me tell you, I have mm -hmm. been screamed at. Um, and it's just like, well, that's not really yeah. about me. That's about you and the fact that you, you don't, you don't want to have to think. You just want to go with what you've always known. So, um, yeah. But I agree with you. There's, I think, I think it's right to wrestle through exactly what you're saying. But I do. I'm kind of with you. I think racism, racial, racial terror, or white nationalism. 
I can't give yeah, a shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's tough. Like, and like I think like that's something like I'm okay saying like I'm wrestling with that. I I genuinely don't have all the answers for it. Um, and I'm okay saying that just because that's where I'm at, you know. And maybe I, I won't be here tomorrow or next week, but um, I do yeah. like know that in some ways, like people that like, I've talked to or we've. Um, or have worked, you know, hard with and and to like share not only my experience but life, um, and then to see like them still not really get it, it's been like a tough blow for me. So I don't know my my empathetic heart is feeling a little like gosh, like you know, like how much does it take to really show people that systemic racism is a real thing and it matters and also like how you look at see the world view people matters and I don't want to be your exception I don't want to be your black friend exception right like I love faith and I think faith is amazing and so therefore I have great thoughts about faith I have great thoughts about her life or what happens to her and I want the best for her like I want liberation for all black people not just for people who are proximate to me to be excited about okay I'm good now because I've made amends with faith like no I want you to to care about everybody yeah no I think when you were saying that it, it reminded me so much of Fannie Lou Hamer if you guys don't know who that is please I'll put some articles about her in the show notes um but she actually said that like one of her quotes is like, um, I'm not trying to just liberate myself. I'm trying to liberate all my people. And one of her like most famous moments was in the 1964 Democratic National Convention. Um, she came with some other black activists from Mississippi to challenge at that time. It was an all white primary in Mississippi. So the Mississippi Democratic delegation was all white all white men. And um, basically she gives this really powerful speech that <laughs> President Lyndon Johnson invents a reason to go on TV to try to get her knocked off. Um, it didn't work. They The networks ended up airing her whole speech live. But one of the things was behind the scenes, they were like, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll seat two of you. We'll let you see. And then you pick one other person to sit with you. And she basically said, I'm not doing that because you guys know that this is wrong. You know, it's wrong that they don't let black people vote in Mississippi. You know, it's wrong that this is not a legitimate, it's not representative of, you know, the party in this state. And I'm not going to, you know, sell out everybody else so that you know, just I can sit here and be have access to these tables of power. And so um, that was very in the spirit of Fannie Lou yes. <laughs> Like, as you were saying that, I was like, yes, yes. And I think that's so true. I think, you know, our, I don't know, I just feel like that sort of mindset of like, oh, it's okay for me, or you think well of Catherine. Um, I think we talked a little bit about this in Black Card Revoked. It's like, uh, that's yeah. not good. <laughs> Like, that's not what we're trying to cultivate. And I think, you know, if you love, like, to me, to love me is to love Black people and to care about this. And it's like, just because you see, like, I'm doing well, um, one, like, that's not an excuse not to care about other Black people. But then also, too, the idea that, like, Black people, you can achieve some level of success that you're not Black and at any moment, you know, racism doesn't creep into your life. It's, I mean, it's yeah. just not realistic. I mean, you know. This week, you know, Offset from the Migos, who's, you know, famous rapper's millionaire, got pulled out of his car by the police. So, you know, there's not, you know, you're still yeah. black. You can be rich and you can be well-educated, but you're still black. And so that's why that sort of 
you know, I care about Catherine. I care about Faith isn't. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I think like there's like a piece of my heart that's been a little burdened um, by it. And I my my desire is from people listening to this podcast, if they don't know things to learn and and to be able to carry that forward and and use this knowledge in their lives and, and in community and and also, if you're a person of color or a black woman, that you find respite in this space with us and maybe, you know, nods of agreement or like, yes, I'm feeling the same way. Um, I will say this, like, I don't have all of the answers, but I do know that the extreme polarization that we feel right now in our country and in our communities is exhausting either way it goes. Um, and I don't think anybody wants to feel like we're all enemies, right? And I think in yeah. some ways that's how it's been feeling for a lot of people. And so my hope is, and I think the message that we're trying to say is how can we truly love our neighbors? How can we truly invest in and work with people? Um, and, you know, just try to meet them where they're at and wish the best for people, right? Yeah. Like, what does it look like? Yeah, I was going to say, what does it look like for the flourishing of all people? And I will say, we didn't really talk about this. But I think if you're a single issue voter, reconsidering that stance, because I do think I think when you're political, when you're able to like filter through a myriad of issues, I think you're a little bit more apt to like look for information and um, be discerning. I think single issue voters oftentimes, you know, as someone who's worked in politics, politicians exploit that because they know they can never lose you because they're right on, you know. You know, for me, it might be something like the death penalty or something. Um, and it opens you up for exploitation. Um, and sometimes the trade-offs ultimately in the long run are not worth it. So I will also say that as you're thinking yeah. about your vote. And just to make sure um, that, like, you're holding the people but, accountable, right? So, um, yeah, you know, for if you are, like, saying, okay, I want to vote for this person for X, Y, and Z reason, um, and you voted for them before, or you, you know elected officials, local officials, whatever. Like, let's really hold elected officials accountable. Like, are they doing what they said they would do? For the reasons you said you vote, you are going to vote for them. Have they delivered on those, you know, reasons? Have they delivered on policy improvements, improvements for, you know, communities and housing? Like, there's a lot of things that we have to, like, evaluate. And if you didn't know, we have a housing crisis right now. That's not on one of the top points of your list it needs to be because with the coronavirus the housing crisis is only going to get worse it's already bad but it's going to get even worse in 2021 we're going to see yeah. you know the fallout from what's happened with um covid for years to come and i and i think people aren't really ready for that because everybody's been in such a haze and all this disagreement and just everything it's just been a lot you know and also like just the rise of um, domestic terrorism and um, white nationalistic terrorism it is I mean sometimes it's scary I mean y'all we're doing like anti-racism work and traveling and sometimes I'm like Lord just you know keep us safe as we're out here um, in these streets because <laughs> you know um, people don't always like what we're trying to say I definitely always am praying for y'all hedge of protection. I drove to, it's, you know, I live in Waco, which is on the 
you know, it's not in a city anymore, but I drove even more to a smaller city um, to do a speaking engagement. And I was like, I have to go to the bathroom so bad, but I like, literally, I can't stop because I don't know where I am and I don't know what people are going to do. So I literally am just going to have to wait until I get to the hotel. And those are the things, you know, um, that are going through our minds, I think, all the time. But I think relatedly, I did want to say for the people of color that are listening to our sisters, please have a plan in place for Election Day and that week. Like, go get your groceries the weekend, you know, before. And I mean, I have, you know... I'm still trying to decide if I'm in one of my, you know, someone I'm really close to has offered to let me stay with them or go home. Um, but I would just say, like, if you haven't, you have a week, like, come up with, like, get your things in order so that if you need to stay home for a few days, <laughs> you have all the things you need yes, to do. That's actually <laughs> a really great plan. I'm going to be um, a poll monitor on election day. And so I'm going to do that for a few hours. And then, you know, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll I'm see just saying, I'm just saying, I just, just, you know, maybe you can't go anywhere, but I'm just saying, plan, like, just, plan your trip. you know, have a plan as we're, t- as we're saying, talking about white, you know, white nationalism and terrorism, like, just have a plan. Um, I did want to, before we close, um, or we do go off sis, I did want to go back to something you were talking about earlier and just you know, I think oftentimes we get really worked up about election day and electing officials and voting, which rightly so, we've already said, like voting is important. Um, But we oftentimes don't have a plan of how we plan to engage the work after the election, right? Because no matter who's in office um, at any level, they need to be hearing from their constituents. And so I don't know, Faith, you kind of talked about this a little bit, but I don't know if you had any like specific tips for the things that you care most about, um, of how you plan to keep engaging the work um, after the election? Yeah. So um, one thing that I think is really important is like to find local community groups to engage in. It's actually, this is actually super funny, but I had um, applied a few different places to be a poll worker and I never heard back from anybody. So one of my friends um, is a part of this group for Asian Americans here in um, Atlanta. And I was like, oh my gosh, can I join? Can I help? Can I, What can I do? <laughs> And I was like, am I allowed? Is it okay? Am I infringing on the space? Um, And those are really healthy questions to ask, by the way, people. Yes. Yes. I was like, that was very appropriate. You're laughing, but Um, that was respectful. Yeah, I know. I'm giggling, but uh, you please do that. But yeah. So anyways, she was like, no, like you totally can. Like you're welcome and and please join and and all this other stuff. So they're the ones that I'm going to be working with for for the voting stuff. But I think I'm really interested to also connect with some other organizations surrounding voting um, in Georgia going forward and just, you know, voter suppression and um, addressing that um, because Georgia has really rough um, voter suppression. And one thing that we're going to be doing in monitoring is making sure that the polling locations are opening on time, um, that they are staying open the hours that they're supposed to stay open, serving the people, people are accommodated, um, just to make sure that these things are happening. Um, And there's um, an actual group of um, lawyers that will help to hold the state accountable um, for how they're running elections. And I think that we need more of that. So I plan um, to definitely get more involved in addressing voter suppression locally. Find organizations that are doing things like that. Um, Before, when I lived in South Carolina for a hot second, one of the things that I also would 
address locally was gentrification in, in one of the um, Weston neighborhoods that I was in um, and just trying to see like what's being done and what are ways that we can come together as community. There's community meetings that happen. And so we'll find out what's going on in your city and what you can do to be a part of it. There's so many people that never watch the city council meetings. I don't watch them all the time, um, but they're available and they're public. And so when you can watch them because that's when they're making decisions and passing propositions and things that are going to like actually happen in your city, like construction, you see fixing roads, like different things like that. It's a really important time to raise your voice. So I don't think um, people understand like really how accessible politics should be and how it's really about people. So find those ways where you can get involved locally around things that you're passionate about. Trust me, as a social worker, I can tell you there's something for everyone. There's an organization for everyone. And you just have to dig and do the research. But there is something there. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody, you know, my advice is always pick one yeah. thing and pay attention to that one thing. I think it's hard to do so many things, you know, like I, I often feel overwhelmed even when I was like doing this as a job. So pick one thing and pay attention. And the other thing is like with city council meetings, they have to post their agendas mm-hmm. in advance. So it's like, you know, you know what's coming up. If you just go to the website, usually it should be pretty easy to find out what's coming up that's related to maybe the issue that you care about. Um, I would also say for people of color, if you have not voted already, I would, if your state has early vote, I would early vote. But I also would go to your secretary of state's office, uh, like website and make sure you look through the rules. And I honestly, where we are in the, at this moment, I would bring them with me so that, um, and I would also, I think the NAACP Legal Defense mm-hmm. Fund, it sounds like in Atlanta, there's a couple of organizations doing it. Bring one of those 1-800 numbers yeah. with you, you know, make sure you have your ID, like just, you want to be over prepared yeah. because of the environment we're in. Um, yeah, I'm, um, really excited. I think I'm going to do, get really a lot more engaged in work around criminal justice reform and helping, working with one organization to help others. Christians in other states and other cities kind of mobilize around criminal justice reform. So um, I'm really looking forward to that because I think that is a big issue. And I think for, you know, people um, talk a lot about the 1994 crime bill. So much. Um, I'm not going to go off on a rant about that, but, you know, maybe, you know, on another season. Yes. (laughs) But... um, Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But I think for whatever your issue is, whatever the issue is that you're going to pick to pay attention to, um, your work does not stop with your vote. And if you say you care about something and that's the reason why you vote the way you do, but then you don't engage at any other time, then when it's time to vote, you're not, you don't really care about that issue because that's not when the work, I mean, that's such a small part of the work that ultimately needs to be done for whatever your issue is. And Faith is right. You have to hold them accountable because even if they say, you know, in their campaign materials, like, oh yes, I care about, you know, I feel the same way about criminal justice reform as you do. But like, if I'm never checking up on it and, you know, asking like, hey, you said you cared about this, but you're voting this one way. Yeah. There are some politicians are not as honorable. Some people just want to tell you what they want to tell you to get your vote, y'all. Pay attention. They they just tell you what they want to tell you. Some, you know, I know that nobody knows anybody like this who just will say whatever they want to get what they want. But there are people like that out there. I'm not saying I know any. (laughs) Um, So I think it's important for citizens to be engaged and like stay on top of, you know, whatever your your issue or issues are. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so um, we'll put some resources, I think, in the show notes um, for voting and, you know, creating a voting plan, um, I think is really very important. If you can vote early and in person, highly recommend (laughs) doing that. Um, But yeah, so um, yeah, this has been a great season. I really have enjoyed it. Okay, before we do go off this, I did want to ask you, do you have a favorite episode from the season? Um, I think my favorite episode from the season is Black Card Revoked. Um, that was such a fun one for me. Um, and I think we just laughed a lot. So I, I really liked it. And I feel like it was really genuine and honest. Yes, I love Black Card Revoked. I love the one um, we did about our moms. I do want to report. I don't know if we've be, we've talked about this on here. Um, I finally have converted my little sister into a listener. She listened to the episode about mom and daughters. Because oh um, she wanted to hear about me talk about our mom. And then she listened to Black Card Revoked. And she thought it was so funny. She was very upset that it took me a while to to remember that Morris Chestnut was Ricky (laughs) Boys in the Hood. But I feel like that might be my biggest accomplishment for season two. It's getting my little sister to listen to podcasts. I mean, that's a big deal. (laughs) That is like a really big deal. I know. So yeah, I feel very accomplished. And so yeah, this has been great. Um, Yeah. So now our very last go off sis of the season. Okay. So... Okay, this is where we tell you all something um, that we are loving right now, our bless, and also something that is an absolute mess, which, my God, there is so much. Um, <laughs> my gosh, there's so many things mean, where to do we, Where do we start? Um, okay, so I'm going to try to make this um, quick. My, something that I am loving right now, I think just sisterhood. I made a video about sisterhood, um, a few videos right before my 30th birthday. And then my 30th birthday came around and my sisters just really showed up for me near and far. And I am just so grateful, like for the women that God has in my life and the friendships. I mean, I just, I feel incredibly honored and blessed so that is just the most amazing bless my love everything it's just great and what is a mess right now well i mean i just have i i'm just gonna go with (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna do something like kind of lighthearted ish but something we all can relate to i think i've reached the point in the year when i could never zoom again for the rest of the year and i would be so happy i if i never did another zoom meeting for the rest of the year i would be like thank god don't ask me about it anymore um because i just feel like everything is compounding (laughs) so everybody's trying to make it work and it's just so much. And some stuff, I just want to say, you can just let it go and bring it back in 2021, 2022. It's it's okay. Like, not every event has to be converted to a Zoom meeting. Oh some things, let's use this as an opportunity just to let it go. It. Cancel it. I, I can't do any more Zoom it. conferences. Like, I can't. It just cancel, the, cancel it. If I never heard Zoom... <laughs> Totally end. Like if I just didn't even hear the word, I'd I be reached so happy. the point it's to where just... like Zoom, like on my computer, like literally exits out on its own. Like it just cancels me out of my meetings now. And I'm like, was why did I even get on this thing in the first place? So it's just a lot. And I think we have pivoted until we can pivot no more. We just need to sit down somewhere and just stop at this point because 
um you know just, we need to cut it loose we just need to cut it loose so that's my mess i mean we all know that everybody's exhausted from politics and just life and covid is rapidly spreading right now and it's no better than it was in march so that's not depressing at all yeah that's yeah we don't have to talk about what's going on in the world then we can just said that over on the side um okay so my bless i'm super excited about this week you guys have heard me talk about how much i love country music and my literal dream has come true apple music sorry if you don't have apple music no. but there is a radio station called color me country where it's hosted by a black woman her name is reese palmer she's actually a country singer herself she brings on black women women of color well i think there's been some men um, on there too but basically country artists of color to talk about their music they create they curate their own list of like influences i've learned so many artists i've never heard of um which is really sad so two that i reese has recently put me on to that i like love is karen mccormick um has an ep out called retro and then an oldie that like I had never heard of this woman, but like several of the women that she's had on have mentioned this woman and have had songs by her on their playlist. So I went back and listened to her. Her name is Linda Martell, um, was actually, I think the first black woman who like charted on the country charts in the 1970s. Never heard of this woman, but, um, apparently she was like a pretty big deal. And then, you know, black woman in racism, um, racism and sexism she did one album and it is stellar so i highly recommend if you're a country person you like country music find karen mccormick find linda martell and you know if you have apple music color me country with reese palmer that is my bless my mess okay i was sick of the hot weather in texas but i also want like some seasonal changes Mm -hmm. and i want some like like yesterday, it was like 90 degrees. Today, oh it is 38 degrees. I don't like that. Like, I need a. But you know, that's that Dallas go. area There's... is like that. You know, like the Dallas and surrounding areas, it'll do that. Like, it'll be like blazing hot and then like snowing sometimes the next day. And I'm like, how does that make any sense? I literally, Faith, when I left my house this morning to go to class, I had on one outfit. When I like got in my car to like drive to this like event, I had to totally change, put on a sweater, put on, pull, drag out my coat. And I was like, literally, what happened? There, there needs to be, we need some more, you know? And then I felt bad complaining because then I'm looking at my friends that live in the Midwest and it's yeah. like snowing there. And I'm like, oh, I would climate love, change, uh, yeah, mess, climate but... change is so real, y'all. I just, I've, I'm like, the way that the weather has been is just, it's made no sense to me over the last, let's say, for sure, distinctly the last five years. There's been some like really distinct shifts. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, I feel for you. 50s, 40s is like a sweet spot for me. I wish it was that cold. Well, I just think it's like, I would be fine with that if there had been some sort of transition, but it literally is like 90. And tonight, maybe I think not quite to freezing, but like 34, 36. How is That's that crazy? Possible? We need a little. Like it's only like in low 60s in Atlanta. And it's also, it's weird also too. Cause so it's snowing in the Midwest. And then I saw like right before we got on to record that uh, there are fires again in oh Colorado and California. 
and I was like, I was hoping they were done with that. I feel so, I mean, just so bad. I mean, just just, as somebody who's gone through hurricanes and actually a tornado, lived through a tornado, it was like literally in our grass, but it didn't destroy our house. Thank God. But um, it's a lot like to start over from a hurricane. It literally took my dad like two years. So I think like of a fire, I'm like, gosh, that's everything like just completely destroyed. and, And I can only imagine. It's just, yeah. So it's just sad. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, But yeah, weather is crazy. That's my mess. The weather is a mess. mess. Y'all, listen, hang in there. We are going to make it. We are going to be all right. That's what I keep telling myself. That's what I know to be true because my hope is in Jesus. And um, yes. So, yes. Yes. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord today. Jesus is Lord on November 5th. You know, just pray a fence, a hedge of protection around your people and, you know, make a plan to vote and to stay safe after. But yes, I fully believe our hope is in Jesus and he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So <laughs> with God. that, y'all, we we bless you and um, we will be checking in with you. Don't worry. We'll throw in a few bonus episodes before we launch season three so this isn't a full goodbye but this is a a major goodbye so we can get a little bit of a break get our heads on straight and um have a little bit of time for self-care and we hope that you will do the same so we will talk to you all um next time bye bye